Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Dr. Jeremy Weiss here, host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Before I introduce you to today's guest, Carter Harkins of Spark Marketer, um, this episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. And so, Carter, I don't know if you could relate to this, but if you had team members ask you the same questions over and over, and it may be the 10th time you spent explaining it, well, there's a better way. There is actually a solution for this. Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. And I was talking one of the owners, Owen, not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use it, but first responder government agencies actually use them in life or death situations to run their operations. So you can use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks they eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team and empowering them to do the best work. You can sign up for a free 14-day trial. No credit card is required. Go to sweetprocess.com. It's sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T, process.com. I'm excited to introduce you today, Carter Harkins, who's the, the co-founder of Spark Marketer. And basically, they do a lot of things for the home services niche and many others. But it's funny, uh, Carter, when I was looking and doing the research, you help a lot of, of chimney companies. A lot of chimney companies are somehow attracted to what you do. And you said there's a funny story behind that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been one of those. First of all, thanks, Jeremy, for having me on. Um, this, it's been one of the weirdest journeys in business. I think, <laughs> you know, we, you sit around and talk about how'd you get into what you do. And um, the thing that, that, that you got to know is that I never would have imagined, first of all, that I'd be running a marketing company and that the primary type of customer that we've been serving is home services businesses. And then within that niche, that chimney services would be the company that made us decide that that's what we wanted to do with the rest of our lives. Um, so I've got Why chimney a, services. Yeah. I'm a musician by, by background and, uh, live here in Nashville, Tennessee. And, um, at some point decided, you know what, we're not going to make the money that we wanted to make as a musician way back in the day, something called MP3 happened to the world. And we just quickly realized that the distribution model that we were going to rely on to build our kingdom <laughs> just wasn't, uh, wasn't going to happen. So anyway, uh, I started developing websites, just freelancing on the side. My business partner started doing some search engine optimization. We were trading clients back and forth. And at some point just looked at each other over lunch one day and said, you know, we'd probably be stronger together than we are apart. We used to work together and owned a recording studio in the music days. And we're like, we know we like each other. I mean, we ended a business and we're still friends. So this is Taylor. Yeah, this is Taylor Hill. Yeah. And so we just decided to jump back in and, and uh, start start a new business as a marketing company and really focusing on both the web design side as well as the, the technical SEO side. Um, and we served a lot of clients. Uh, I mean, I've done projects with Fortune Fives uh, and in between those big jobs, what happens is you, you put in a request for, you know, request for proposal comes in, you submit your proposal, you go through all the hoops and then you sit there with five other agencies that are all waiting 
to see whether they're going to be the ones that get to do this massive job for this even more massive company. And uh, as soon as you get the, the green light, you start hiring and you just start bringing in people. And because it's a I huge mean, project. Yeah, big project. So as soon as the money is, you know, the first uh, installment of, you know, a down payment or on the project that comes in, you just start throwing people at problems and it gets very chaotic. There's a lot of fun and production energy in that kind of environment. But then right about the time that you push the first version across the table to your client for them to look at, you, you have your first breath in the moment and you realize, crap, I don't have anything behind this, you know, to keep the wheels of this machinery running. I've got all these people now that I've, that I've hired for this job. And if I don't have another job behind it, I'm going to be laying people off pretty quickly. Mm. So it was this cycle. Of a lot of peaks and valleys. Yeah. And the cash flow was a, was a problem. So what we started doing was in between the big jobs, we started serving smaller companies. And here in Nashville is a company called uh, Ashbusters and uh, it's a funny name, but, but uh, they're a chimney sweep company. And when we first started working with the owner, Mark Stoner, he, uh, he was three trucks, I think, and in the, in the home services business, oftentimes you'll see businesses measured by how many trucks are on the road. So uh, he, he was running three trucks at the time, a very small uh, business owner. We met him through a networking group and uh, he needed help with his website. So we took over his website and started uh, doing some things. He immediately saw some results. And within the first 12 months, he started talking us up to all of his chimney buddies and what we didn't realize when we first started working with Mark is that he's, uh, he's the, was the president of the National Chimney Sweep Guild. Yes, there is like a real guild for chimney sweeps in, in, all over the world. And it's great because they show up at these, uh, these um, like conventions and things. And some of them are wearing top hats. And I mean, it just harkens back to like the old uh, Mary Poppins days. It's, they're a great group of people. Uh, so anyway, he started talking us up. The next thing you know, we've got like 16 clients and we go and we speak at one of their conventions. We thought we were just going to be talking to a room full of maybe 40 or 50 people in a breakout. No, it turns out nobody told us, but we were the the keynote of the entire convention that year. Wow. Uh, so we spoke and leaving there, I think we had close to 60 clients, additional clients coming from that. And uh, at that point, we looked at each other and we were like, you know, Let's just like, let's switch gears. I mean, let's, let's really focus on serving home services businesses because, you know, if you've served clients, really large clients, you know that at some level, you're just a number in their system. You're a vendor and uh, that relationship gets managed like a vendor. They have certain rules. And so every time a new project comes up, they don't go back to the person they did the work with before they put out a new request to a whole bunch of new people and everybody has to go through the same rat race again. It's just not very fulfilling, but we started serving these mom and pops home serv service businesses and we were making a difference in their business. And we knew we were making a difference because the people that we were working with, we were in touch with all the time. And they were telling us, I've never had a marketing company tell me everything that I needed to be doing and, and handle those things and communicate with me the way that you are. Um, it just, it's always, yeah, you become like a, you become a partner, you know, yes. you become a partner and 
And I did you come up with the name Spark Marketer before you started working or after? Because no. I could totally see like a spark in a fireplace. And is I don't know if that's where it came from. Uh, or, it sort just of happen, or it just happens uh, to work out that way. Yeah. Well, as a marketing company, we did a lot of market research and realized the word spark was uh, was a, an energetic word that, okay. that was easily memorable. And so we chose it not because of the industry, but it worked out okay. really well. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Spark chimney. Come on. That's like, um, so what your company does, uh, Carter is you will basically help them with their website, all the optimization you can create the website or optimize it. Um, and then you will do all the SEO around, you know, ranking them so they get more clients in the door. Yeah. And we handle pretty much full service marketing now. Um, so if they need video, we handle video. If they need, uh, you know, presence marketing or reputation management, uh, need more reviews, we've got tools for that. And we, we set people up with that. And um, also helping with kind of a lot of their retention strategies. Most marketing companies are so focused on lead generation that they don't do a very good job of, of uh, you know, following up and, and retaining a customer once they've become a customer. And so we really focus on the whole customer cycle the whole customer journey through a business and making sure that it becomes a repeat long life uh, sort of yeah. proposition. What would be an example of that? Like uh, the low hanging fruit retention strategy that you recommend that other companies should be doing? The, the number one thing is uh, following up on estimates that you've provided. And this is not just unique to home services businesses, but in home services businesses, we see it probably most acutely. Um, the, the salespeople just are moving so quickly that, especially in a business that's growing, they're throwing out estimates to customers and moving to the next one that comes in the door. And they're not really coming back to that person that they've, um, you know, so how do you retain an opportunity? I mean, you've paid a lot of money in some cases to get the click or to get somebody to the point that they can even get an estimate and uh, follow up. And you just, abandon them. they drop off the face of the earth. And I've heard salespeople justify it by saying, well, you know, they'll, the ball's in their court. They'll get back to me if they're interested. I've got other people that are coming in the door and I got to focus on them. And and there's some legitimacy to the fact that, that most salespeople are spread too thin, but enter into a home service business where the sales guy is often the guy who's driving the truck, who's doing the technical work in the home and he's got so many other hats that he has to wear besides sales that follow-up is simply non-existent. So yeah. we've built tools for that and, um, you know, to, to be able to uh, help them do the follow-up. But then just basic things like in an air conditioning company, an HVAC company, you're going to service that company, you know, at least twice a year or there's the potential, you know, once in the fall and once in the spring as you switch your system over from heating to air conditioning. Uh, and that system needs to be maintained. So if you've sold this big unit, there's a lot of potential to continue the relationship in a contract sort of arrangement for maintenance. Yeah. And uh, so we help companies set those up and, and run those so that they're constantly communicating with customers to retain their value in that relationship. What's a good follow-up, Carter? So it's sometimes I've seen good follow-up, bad follow-up. So let's say the person hasn't, you know, for an estimate, perspective the person hasn't responded they kind of dropped off how do you re-engage in a in a nice way but not maybe a pushy way yeah so 
the, the first thing you want to know is that, that it should never feel like a re-engagement, like out of the blue from nowhere comes this message like, hey, it's been six months and we haven't talked and just circling back kind of uh, message. You really want to set an expectation from the beginning that, that if we have open business between us, of course, we're going to communicate about that. I mean, you know, we provide world-class communication in our organization. So, um, you know, building a system or having processes that, that everybody on your team follows to make sure that that gets done is, is the ideal way. Um, and it's honestly, it's, it shouldn't be some newsletter strategy or, or, I mean, there's a place for all of that in marketing, obviously, but if you've got a live one on the hook, like that's actually gotten an estimate for work and you're just, they, they need time to consider their options and make a decision, um, that's not the time to send them a newsletter or some fancy HTML email. That's the time to pull out your phone and type with your thumbs and say, John, I know we've talked about a lot of options. I'm here if you need any questions answered and I'm ready to go as soon as you are yeah. and send it. A right? personalized touch. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you get nothing else from this, and you mentioned uh, processes, we're going to talk about how you discovered sweet process, but if you get nothing else from this conversation, it's like right now, pause it. I mean, it's going to, the rest is going to be good too, but pause it and actually text or email someone who's actually, you, I know someone listening Carter right now has someone they've neglected on their, in their pipeline and just reach out to them, you know, and then email us and say, Hey, thanks, Jeremy and Carter. Uh, yeah, I actually got a new client in because I paused this and actually reached out to them and didn't just send them a newsletter, but email them, texted them, called them. Like actually do something personal. Um, so how did you discover sweet process? Speaking of processes and procedures. Yeah. So back to the chimney industry. Uh, one of the consultants that works in that industry and helps businesses, uh, chimney businesses become more efficient uh, was talking with us one day and he said, man, you guys are doing a great job um, for a lot of my clients and I'd love to talk to you. And so we had him to our office and we talked with him and he discovered after asking us about how we did certain things that we didn't really have good answers. And he said, well, do, you know, what are your SOPs? That was the phrase he kept using. And I'll be honest, Jeremy, I didn't know what that word meant. I mean, like I said, I'm a, I'm a musician. I that's SOP, when right on the line, you're like SOPs. Yeah. Um, no, we don't have those. <laughs> yeah. Um, SOP. Does that come with mayonnaise or is that <laughs> I didn't know. So, so anyone listening, um, it's standard operating procedure, just in case yes. you're listening. And, and there was a point where I, I, it was, I went through the exact same thing. Someone said SOP. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that is. I'm gonna have to Google it and see what they're talking about. Yeah. So uh, in our conference room, this, this uh, consultant basically raked us over the coals and said, you cannot run a business without standard procedures to where, you know, and he explained to us a good system. And the reason we told him we couldn't use SOP, eventually we were defending ourselves and said, well, we can't use SOPs in our business because our business is different, right? So we- They've we never heard that before. This. Yeah, we went yeah. through this whole thing of, of, you know, everything changes in our industry. And, and so by the time we've written an SOP, um, it's completely different now. And, and so it's just useless. And, and he just raked us over the coals and said, no, every single thing in your business should be a system, should be a process and should be measurable as, you know, as far as a result at the end, so that you know whether or not somebody's done what they need to do in the way that they need to do it. So 
we got serious about it. Uh, you know, I'll be honest, it was less me and more my partner, Taylor, who said, we're going to try it. And so uh, we were doing them all in Microsoft Word, and then we started using Google Docs, and so because it was easier yeah. to share them. Yeah, tell me the evolution of this. This is interesting, actually, from a because I'm sure people are somewhere in this journey, right? Going from piece of paper to like some people actually have manuals, right? <laughs> so then Word Doc, then Google Doc, then what was next? Yeah, so uh, around the Google Docs period. Uh, I was really catching fire with the idea that there's more that we could be automating in our business and that it was time to start thinking about that because, um, you know, growth just causes you to think differently. You start realizing what got us to this point is not going to get us to where we want to go. So it's time to shift gears. It's time to look for efficiencies. Uh, so I started looking for systems that would help us document our processes more easily and more uniformly. Uh, and I just, I literally went out and started scouring the web, but it was a podcast. Uh, and I don't remember when or where, I honestly couldn't tell you which podcast it was. I believe it was probably a SaaS podcast about software development uh, that I was listening to. And Owen was being, Owen is the owner of, of uh, Sweet Process. He was being interviewed about his journey in building a software company. Um, but I was fascinated by Sweet Process just as a service, and I immediately went and signed up. Um, and we've used it ever since, and it's just been it's been brilliant for us in terms of standardizing, making those tweaks and changes when they happen in our business to go back and update uh, and and backfill with those processes, break them out into separate ones now or things like that. It's just it's made the management of it a heck of a lot easier, as well as working with larger teams now. Carter, what would you say? So someone right now is listening and they're like, I use Google Docs. It works fine for me. What's your argument for going, okay, no, you sweet process is better. Why, you know, why would you, what's the argument for switching? Yeah. So the, the ability to group things into procedural um, or, or pr pr uh, process-based uh, kind of uh, uh you know, groupings of, of task level process or procedure level things. That's been the real change for us. Um, in Google Docs, it was just, it turned into one folder that was shared with everybody and nobody know, knew exactly how to find what they needed. People who didn't even do some of the work that, that we had documented on how to do it would have to wade through all of those processes first before they found the ones that applied to them. Uh, updating them became difficult. So it, to us, uh, Sweet Process not only standardized the format, but made it easy to create the teams that we needed so that you really only see the processes that you need to see, uh, which makes it so much more easy for people to go find what they need. And, and literally the answer in our business to how do you do something isn't, well, you know, let me, let me take five, 10, 15 minutes out of my day and show you it's, have you checked Sweet Process yet? and go there and find it because it's there. And if you, if you'll, if you'll, you know, go and find it. And if it's not there or if it's incorrect, it's your job to make sure that, that you let us know so that, or let the person who created that SOP know so that the, uh, the proper updates can be made. So we hold each other accountable to that. We actually, as owners of the company, we're not the ones that write the SOPs. Uh, we challenge our employees to write them and we've got an SOP on how to write an effective SOP. And, you know, for our business and follow this format and use these uh, conventions and, um, 
you know, those kinds of things. And we, we grade people on how well the SOP did by showing uh, what our, our standard is, if this SOP can be given to somebody in our business who doesn't do what your job function is, they do it's something else test. in the business. If you can hand it to them and they can follow step-by-step step through that SOP to accomplish the result that that SOP is designed to create, then you've successfully written an SOP. And, uh, and we do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying, Hey, look and sweet process. If it's not there. Well then create it <laughs> create the SOP so that that is there and other people can use it. Um, what were some of the other features, um, Carter, that you use in, enjoy in uh, sweet process? Cause I'm sure in the beginning you got it for a certain reason and then you probably discovered other things. What are some of your favorite features? Well, you know, that's, and, and it's, I'll be honest, it's been a while since I've gone in and created an SOP. So the creation features that attracted me in the very beginning were just uh, standardizing on, on um, you know, the step model, uh, the ability to create a step, which inevitably in the creation of a good SOP, you realize, oh, I'm trying to pack too much into this step. This should really be three steps. So now you're breaking it out. In a, in a Google Doc format, you're grabbing entire copy and paste sections of text and moving it up above and just trying to organize things. But in Sweet Process, it's super simple to break things out into new tasks and then just reorder them so that uh, everything flows in a much more natural way. Um, the ability to see, okay, once this is done, what comes next to see where you are in a process so that you can anticipate if they're gonna hit up against a bottleneck soon. Uh, that requires other people on the team to be involved, then you can begin preparing for that or preparing others for the fact that they're about to be involved in that process. Uh, so all of to, to be able to see that sort of organizational workflow uh, at a glance on the screen has been brilliant. Mm. And then I'm wondering what changed in the business. So you have no process, then you have, you know, the, the Word document, Google document suite process. What, um, you know, was it, I guess in onboarding or what was, what's been game changing as far as using the sweet process system? Onboarding certainly. Um, but more than that is, is measurability um, and, and tying uh, our pay structure, our bonus structure, our culture and everything to uh, performance measurability. Uh, and I don't, I don't know how else to say it other than when, when you're doing work to a standard, then you can measure against that standard. And before we would just have these nebulous conversations, you know, when we had to let someone go about, well, we don't feel like you're really doing the job well. Well, show me where I wasn't doing it well and I'll change. Well, it's, you know, it's more of just a, like we're hearing that things aren't being done right. Well, show me where I'm not doing it right. And I'll, I'll make this, now we've just decided we need to let you go. And so we, we'd let people go. And, and this is horrible to admit, you know, I'm, I'm almost ashamed to say it, but you know, there was no objectivity yeah. about uh, when it was time. You knew it was there. You just couldn't put your finger on it because there was no couldn't help process. Couldn't help become better. And, yeah. and so it's not fair to people when you can't lead them in a way that shows them, here's where you're, you're deficient and here's how you can make that better. And now with Sweet Process, we can, when something's done wrong, we don't have the conversation about why did you do it that way? And, and, and we don't do it that way. And the employee saying, well, nobody told me. Now we just go back to the standard procedure and say, at this step right here is where, where the mistake was made. You did this, but the procedure says, this is what we need to do. 
So uh, we can hold people more objectively accountable for uh, performance. And we can then tie all of the other things that a business as it grows needs to really tie to, which is that performance indicator that this employee is doing a really good job. They deserve more pay or they deserve a bonus this year or you know, whatever it is. How has it changed your day, your typical day? Well, for me, it's as a business owner, especially the larger the company's gotten, um, uh, we, we now have 21 employees. And uh, so we started this back when we had, I think, eight. So started Sweet Process um, and started building SOPs. Uh, I would say for me, the um, as an entrepreneur, you want to have confidence that your team is staying on the rails, right? That, that everything is going smoothly, uh, that you're handing things off to employees and they're able and capable to do the job that you're asking them to do. Um, and in the beginning, there's always this fear that that's not happening, that the things that you don't know are the things that are going to kill you and kill the business. So there's this constant feeling like you're being drawn back into the daily task level stuff uh, to keep things running. So you, that's what keeps you up at night. There's a lack of confidence in the, the, the structures of your business to support growth. Uh, and I don't have that anymore. Um, I mean, I do about new things, you know, that, that we're doing. And, and that's, a, you know, a part of what I do here at our company is, is new initiatives. But um, as far as once we've decided what the right way to do something is, and we've documented that, that doesn't keep me up at night anymore. Uh, and now, now we have the ability, it's not because I've hired this large number of middle managers that ride herd on everybody. It's that, I mean, we have a very flat organization still, um, and the reason that we're able to do that is because what holds them accountable is a standard description of, of a task. And, uh, and it's very easy to manage people in that environment. So for me, it's just created uh, a lot more time uh, and a lot more confidence. And I can't, that's, I think, just from a qualitative standpoint, is perhaps the biggest thing that it's done for me as an entrepreneur is give me the confidence to know I've got a team of people that are, that are turning out a consistent result for clients. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, so Carter, what's the next big goal that you want to achieve in your company? So we are, we are so focused right now on uh, becoming for the home services industries that we serve, um, chimney included, but you know, HVAC, certainly carpet cleaning, uh, you know, roofing and, uh, you know, on and on plumbing, etc. There's, there's commonalities with all of them. And what we're really concerned with doing in this new year is um, becoming an agency partner that is really a one-stop shop for all of them. Uh, the same confidence that I was talking about, you know, having because of a system in our business, we want our, our clients to have that same confidence uh, that comes with having a marketing partner that they know is competent and doing what needs to be done. Uh, and we really enjoy that. We're pretty choosy about who we work with. And, uh, and that's because our clients should be choosy in who they work with. And so yeah. um, that's our real focus is, is scaling our business through these systems to serve more uh, companies across the spectrum here in the United States in the home services industries. Carter, last question. First of all, thank you. I want to point people towards sparkmarketer.com. Check out your website. Um, you can go to sweetprocess.com and check out more episodes of the podcast as well. Um, Carter, you know, the very next step, someone's listening. They're like, this sounds great. I need to streamline, 
my operations. Um, you know, I need structure. What's the, what's the first thing or the next step you would tell someone to, to do? The SOP for SOPs. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I do think a system for that is important. The, the measure of a good system is that the, it creates, I mean, the way you know it's a good system is if the path of least resistance is actually to create the result you want, not the opposite of that, right? So a good system should be more effortless in creating the result you want than to try to create that result without the system. Uh, and so, I mean, that's, that's ultimately what you need to do is, is identify for yourself what that system should look like. And I do think it's different for every business, but ultimately it comes down to a single place of knowledge uh, that everybody can depend on for having the most up-to-date standards for the way that we do what we do here. And uh, so spending some time to develop that or to, to identify that, I think is, is absolutely ground zero, step one. Um, and sweet process, just back to that, and, uh, you know, there's some great resources there about how to create effective SOPs. And so uh, that was useful to us. And certain industries need to do it in a certain way. Uh, break it down to a certain level and and it, any kind of sop seems to be possible with sweet process carter be the first one to thank you thank you everyone check out sweet process spark marketer the podcast thanks again thanks for listening to the process breakdown podcast before you go quick question do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of you know, the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. That's